Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hello and welcome to this all new edition of the Victor Mark Show, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. On the show, we have Mr. John Hendricks. He's co-founder and co-CEO of Strike Source, which is a news and analysis platform that focuses on topics ranging from national security to human rights. You can learn more about Strike Source by visiting strikesource.com. John is also the creator of Global Recon Podcast, where he sits down with high-level professionals, really in the Tier 1 community and more, to discuss global and national security. So let's jump into this interview right now on today's edition of The Victor Mark Show. Hey, John, thanks for joining us today, brother. Uh, thanks for having me on here. Uh, happy to be here. Listen, you're quite the interesting fellow. You have... A great knowledge and understanding uh, of tier one special operations guys and intelligence professionals. They speak with you on your global recon podcast, and yet you never served in the military. Yeah. How did you get involved in this? So it kind of happened by accident. It's kind of an interesting story on on the, how the podcast started. And then uh, the very first episode of the podcast, uh, my co-host at the time was Mike Glover, Oh yeah, a, uh, special forces guy, uh, agency guy uh, on the security side. So I was having a conversation with Mike, and it was uh, it was centered around putting together some content to raise awareness for the the number of veterans committing suicide every day. And this was back in I think it was like the end of 2015. Um, so things were a little bit different as far as awareness for certain issues around the, the veteran community, the social media aspect of people involved in the veteran community was also different. So, you know, we were just having this conversation about putting this content together, basically around the concept of, from Mike's perspective, you know, he was a guy who had served for almost 20 years in, in special ops. And um, it was basically just him saying, uh, if you're having issues, it's okay and seek help, you know, essentially. Um, mm. So from the conversation we were having around how we were going to frame that and put that together, uh, the, the idea of a podcast came up. You know, one thing led to another and then it just kind of happened. And, I love it. But, we, you know, we were able to get some pretty cool guests early on and I think that gave some credibility to the podcast and the name and then it just sort of spread from there. Now, what kind of guests have you had on there that are kind of memorable that stand out in your mind? There's been a couple. And, and that's one of the things for me is doing that podcast. It's such a, a privilege to do it. Just recently I did a podcast with a guy. He was uh, at the special missions unit on the army side. He ended up getting wounded uh, in Iraq and uh, his vehicle drove over an ID and killed half the squad in there. Mm. And these are all tier one guys, experienced tier one guys. And, and he had a serious brain injury. And just him coming on and talking about that is, in my opinion, it's just special. It's a 
because you, you get to look at a, a, a very sort of unique perspective on and on life and the ability to overcome a, a serious brain injury and get back to an operational level. You you learn about adversity, how you deal with adversity. So even if someone is not in the military and they're listening, you can look at it and say, hey, he hit this wall and he was able to get through that and, and it can translate. So that's for me, that's one of the biggest things is, is uh, getting to speak to people like that and then having those messages and lessons that can translate to everybody is, is what I think is important about it. And John, that's one of the reasons why I think it's uh, you're that unique fit as a as a civilian who has a passion and understanding for people who've served, but you can also break it down. Because a lot of times, you know, if it's just knuckle draggers and pipe hitters talking, uh, people kind of feel outside of the circle and left out, right? Yeah. Uh, but you're able to engage, break it down, and share and get men to share and women uh, challenges that they've gone through and then how they overcome. And then that's just a, a human issue, right? How do we never yeah. give up? How do we keep going? And people appreciate that from all over. Now, I love that you've provided aid and relief to communities affected by ISIS, as well as you've worked with organizations that pursue human traffickers in the U.S., yeah. My question to you, you're the good guy going against the bad guys. You're the good guy trying to help those that have been hurt. What really influenced you as a young man? Like, where are you from? What were your influences to get you here? Uh, so I'm from New York City, um, born and raised. But my mother's family is uh, Irish and Polish descents. You know, they, they'd been here for a couple of generations. But so that's where my mom's family is from. My father's family is from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, St. Thomas specifically. So, you know, that was my parents. And um, I grew up in, in Manhattan. You know, I, I had a lot of uh, positive influences growing up, uh, especially strong male influences. Um, you know, grandfather, uncles, uh, in the military, police departments, firefighters. Um, so there was a good, strong influence there. And, and um you know, high, high performers. Yeah. Um, you know, my family didn't grow up rich or anything. It was, you know, working class family, everybody worked hard and, and got to where they were at. So, you know, I had, I had some of those influences, you know, I was in Manhattan on September 11th, uh, on September 11th, 2001. Mm. Um, so th there were a, a bunch of things that kind of just shaped my upbringing. Um, I was always interested in sort of foreign affairs and, and what's going on with the world. And when I was 20, maybe 19, 20 years old, me and two of my friends, we, uh, we started this company called Bar Stars. Essentially what it is, is um, sort of high levels of push-ups, pull-ups, dips, calisthenics and body weight training mixed in with some gymnastics style training as well. And, uh, you know, we started doing pull-ups on a playground in Manhattan and we had like a $200 camera and, uh, you know, we started a YouTube channel and um, today it has over, you know, 100 million views. Oh my uh, I, I forget the amount of subscribers, but, and it, it's just grown. What's the, what's the name of the YouTube channel? It's Official Bar Stars. Bar Stars, B-A-R. Yeah, S-T-A-R-Z-Z. -Z. Okay, double Z. I've actually seen some. 
that's incredible. Now that's that's a while ago. You still work on staying in shape? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm just I'm hitting the gym. Like I haven't been doing calisthenics uh, right for quite some time now. Uh, do you think calisthenics gets harder the older you get versus moving weight around? There are actually several practitioners of you know sort of that level of calisthenics of guys who are 50, 60, 70 years old and, you know, with, with a shirt off, you know, they're chiseled. Um, so you can do it. It's possible. It's just, I've always been sort of a, a bigger guy when we were getting like sort of prime time working out, uh, you know, not being injured for a while. We're doing extreme stuff. We're doing muscle ups, human flags, uh, extreme body weight stuff, and then throwing like a, a 45 pound weight vest on and doing exercises with that. So Good night. sort of going through all of that years of working out. Um, you take a beating on that. Yeah. So I've injured my wrist pretty bad. I, I broke my wrist as a kid. Um, so certain things just sort of come back to haunt me. Um, but, but there are definitely people who do it, you know, well into their sixties and seventies and they're like in really good shape. Okay, and when you say big guy, what, what was your height and weight at your peak? When I was probably at my peak doing that, I'm six foot three. I was probably 230 pounds. Okay. Big boy with ability. Love it. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> How can people go to your podcast? Is it globalrecon.net? Yeah, that's the website. Um, it's pretty much available everywhere. Uh, you can go on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can okay. also listen directly on Anchor. And then if you want to check out the website, it's globalrecon.net. Got it. Now, you're you're a co-founder of StrikeSource as well. What inspired you and Justin to start that company? And I, I know Justin. He's a colleague that yeah. has worked with us for a while on some great things. So I'm interested to know how you guys started that company. Yeah, so I, I've been acquainted with Justin for a couple of years. Um, I used to read some of his stuff when he was at the Independent Journal Review a couple of years ago, uh, just working as a journalist. And, and he used to put out some pretty good content as far as the articles and whatnot. He would occasionally need uh, people in that sort of national security realm to interview. And, uh, and he would just ask me, like, hey, do you have anyone who fits this or this. And I, I would tell him, yeah, I got somebody for you. And, and I would connect him with people for interviews. And, and that's, and we kind of had a relationship like that for a couple of years. But, you know, as we started to talk a little bit more and, and get to know each other better, uh, we kind of came to a conclusion about, you know, where the direction of the sort of the political conversations were going in this country. And, and, we decided that we were kind of sick of the polarized, over-politicized touch on everything. So we wanted to focus strictly on facts and information and analysis from subject matter experts. And our goal really is to create critical thinkers. You know, let's right. remove the politics from everything and let's talk about the facts and and, uh, and and we're going to do that with experts in the the subject that we're talking about. And, and that's really kind of the idea behind it. So Justin has, uh, you know, a bunch of connections he's made over the years uh, from his work. And, and I have as well. So 
you know, we brought different people in. I was bringing guys in on sort of the military side and, and a couple of folks from the Intel side. And Justin had some really great connections, folks who were, who are now advising us, who were at the top levels of the FBI and, you know, top levels at the CIA and, and doing great work for years. I'm sort of, I have a heavy focus on the, on the human rights side. And, you know, just recently I interviewed a guy who was a, uh, a North Korean infantryman and uh, he escaped North Korea. And, uh, you know, I got to sit down and talk with him about that. And wow. And, and like I mentioned before, just talking about the podcast, it's, it's such a, a privilege for me to be able to sit down and, and talk to these kind of people and, and get these stories. You know, we have some folks on the, on the staff who are uh, intelligence analysts and they're, and they're really good at spotting patterns and, and looking into things. And for, for example, one of the recent articles we put out was about this, this organization that they're fronting as a human rights organization, but they're really not. Mm -hmm. And they have uh, connections to the Russian security services, things like that. Right. Uh, so we, we've kind of like shine a light on, on groups like that, sort of call them out and provide multiple sources of um, proof and, and things like that for, you know, the, the article. So it's, it's interesting stuff for sure. Love it. That right now there's such a dearth of honest journalism, you know, unbiased, factual based reporting that people are hungry. Yeah. I'd say more than hungry. They're starving. It, it's full on malnutrition in the world of media. And like you guys, you know, we do our daily intelligence brief. Of course, Justin has been part of that for a long time. And um, people just want to get facts so they can start to formulate their own thoughts. People have been told what to think for so long. Uh, that's why when you say critical thinking, it's a must. And we have to even go past adults. And we got to reach down to the youth and start teaching them to think for themselves to, you know, yeah. differentiate just emotional reactions versus passionate responses based on the truth. And in that realm of, uh, I'll say, fakery and shenanigans, there's organizations in the counter-sex trafficking space that are not all good. Right. Even like in faith, because I have a lot of faith-based constituents John, there, there has been a huge cover-up in different churches of kids being abused or teens being violated, and then they cover it up. Right. And then they'll take people's money, tithing money, hard-earned money, and they'll pay these victims to be quiet. They won't bring in law enforcement or whatnot. So, you know, I hope truth prevails in these areas because protecting children— helping young ladies, helping widows and orphans. Uh, I mean, that's what the Bible says is undefiled religion, and it's kind of gotten messy. We have a good friend from New York, Stacy Dash, and uh, she comes out here to the training center uh, to, to hang out, to train, and she's, she's become an ambassador for us uh, with such a heart for those who've been abused or trafficked. In your opinion, what are one or two ways people can really make a difference on, on this whole issue? Because there's a lot of people informed, but they just talk about it. What are What's something practical our listeners can do? Uh, I'm glad that you mentioned 
the whole like there are organizations that are in f- certain areas and then you mentioned human trafficking that aren't exactly what they say they are mm-hmm. or or they overstate what they do when you as someone on the outside when i first sort of learned that there are organizations that do counter human trafficking work or se- counter sex trafficking work my first thought is wow that's incredible and i would love to support anything that's happening in that area. But then as I start to learn more about it and actually engage with folks who are in that world, (laughs) then you start to learn that just like anything, the sort of human element comes into play. And there are people who are, again, not doing exactly what they say they do or, or uh, sort of overstating what they do and, and having really good sort of PR campaigns to get funding and to get people to sort of support them. So I would say, two different aspects of it, you know, wherever you live, wherever you're at, be an asset to your community, you know, mm-hmm. pay attention to things that are going on, you know, have your situational awareness up there. Uh, there's different things you can do to train for some of that. That's good. So that's one element of it. And the other element is, is to get involved with, uh, you know, with organizations that are doing the, the counter human trafficking stuff um, and, and learn about them too, because, you know, I see people that I respect uh, who are in the sort of military community, special ops community, and they are doing things. And one of the things that, you know, they'll sell an item and this will be all the proceeds will go to this organization. And then it's like that organization has some questionable things on the back end that most people don't know about. You would have to search to find it. Right. So what I would say is for people, if you're interested in, in and helping on the human trafficking side is do your research. And if you find an organization that looks good and what you're reading about or hearing about sounds good, just do a little more searching, do a little more Googling and and see if there's anything negative about that organization, read what it says, and then make your determination. I think that's great. That's wise counsel because when organizations, just as you stated, or, you know, they're exaggerating their claims or they're not doing what they're supposed to do. They excite people, but then people eventually get burnt and then they give up. Uh, I just had someone tell me the other day that a friend uh, give a sizable donation to an organization and they got burnt. They realized, oh my gosh, they're not who they claim to be. And then it's too late. But there are articles out there. People can Google, look up, you know, type in the name of your organization and see if there's anything associated with it, with scam, hoax, investigations. Uh, do research. Don't be lazy. Don't be a lazy investor because there are kids and young women that are, are praying for help, and it, it requires us all working together. Now, let me turn the page real quick before we close. Uh, you actually got to be a film critic for Hacksaw Ridge didn't you? Yeah. Uh, how, how was that opportunity to, to be a critic for that? It was fantastic. Um, it, to be honest, it was, it was unexpected. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, someone from their PR team reached out and um, said, Hey, you know, we have this movie coming out and, and we want to invite you to a screening. So I went to the screening and there was like all these media people there and, you know, I got to watch it in, at this uh, this theater in Manhattan, and um, 
it was fantastic and honestly it blew me away there's a interesting story about a guy uh, who served and um i forget the term he he was committed to not killing anybody there's a term yeah. for that i think he was a christian pacifist yeah some kind of yeah and then there's some term for it like some military jargon conscientious objector yeah there you go right yeah and then he you know he performed a, a remarkable feat on the battlefield and and saved a lot of people and uh, mm. it was just a a powerful story and they actually i think they used one of my quotes but didn't actually put my name on it um but it, it was a cool experience overall it was for sure and um you know the the, the same people they they reach out to me occasionally for potential interviews or uh, screenings of, of other stuff so it's pretty cool nice uh, uh, what a great opportunity um just on a side note yesterday there's there's been conversations by one of the producers of Hacksaw Ridge uh in regards to doing a feature film on my life story so small small world huh? oh nice and, uh, yeah so they are talking with our publicist and putting paperwork together cuz they like to pursue and dialogue about the possibilities for that so um yeah small world i saw this i thought who knows maybe you'll be a critic for a movie that yeah, comes out on me <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so awesome. hey john there are two questions i ask everybody at the end of every interview uh there is mm -hmm. no wrong answer because it's either our perception or what we believe but because most people live by perceptions um, here's the first question. What is your perception of like our organization and what we do? Just your perception. Perception wise, um, I view what you guys do as something that is unique because to be good at what you do, you need to have sort of these unique skill sets, uh, in one place. So I would say unique and something that we very much need. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, we we really have developed quite an incredible team. Yeah. From analysts to, you know, pedophile hunters to back-end support to people who pray and then people support the work. It's It's been a humbling journey, but we're, uh, we're really thankful uh, for the opportunity to be in this space. Next question and last question for today. John Hendricks will one day die. Yeah. We're all going to do it. And what do you actually think or believe will happen to you once you die? And kind of why do you believe it? That's a great question. Um, you know, I'm not sure. Like, I I feel like maybe most people or, or maybe not, but people kind of bounce around and, and think about these things in, in different ways. Um, my family growing up, you know, my whole family is are, are Roman Catholics so or the most of them anyway. Um, so I kind of grew up with that influence. Um, you know, I don't go to church or anything like that. So I, I wouldn't say I'm a religious guy. You know, I have been to, uh, to Jerusalem. I've been to the Vatican, you know, I've been to all these places and just kind of, soak it all in. And, and so I, I travel quite a bit or I did before COVID anyway. So 
I feel like in, in some ways when I travel and go to some of these places, I'm just kind of seeking something and, and mm. not like I'm forcing or, or trying to get a question answered, but just, you know, I wanted to go to these places and just kind of see what, how I felt about it. Uh, if anything sort of clicked and um, I'm not really sure I've bounced around, you know, throughout my life on, on what happens, but I, I honestly, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Many people are not. And, and I appreciate that honesty and just kind of a self-assessment. Uh, and, you know, and I pray as you're on your journey that you find that level of assurance that brings peace because we're all going there, right? And right. Uh, I think having a peace is great for our soul. But listen, I appreciate you coming on the show so much. We've been talking with John Hendricks. He is one of the voices of the Global Recon podcast and co-founder of Strike Source. And he's been a film critic on major films, including Hacksaw Ridge. So we are thankful for him spending time on us, giving us insight. You can find him at globalrecon.net, uh, his podcast on either of the platforms. And listen, uh, Strike Source, get informed, factual uh, journalism and research on things so that you can be a critical thinker and make up your own mind, not be told what to believe. And uh, John and his team are somebody that you can trust and go to as a source. But we appreciate you, John, being with us today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. You bet. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, hey, do it full throttle for the glory of God so you have a passion and a mission and a purpose. Never give up. So we appreciate you listening to this show, and we'll catch you on the next one. Now go get it done. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.